My number one album. Big shocker to me. Also folklore. Whoa. Are you ready to dive into all things Taylor Swift? Good for a Weekend is the ultimate podcast for any Swiftie. With new episodes dropping bi-monthly, as well as bonus episodes to give you real-time reactions to the latest rumors and news, it's your one-stop shop for all things T-Swift. We also love connecting with our fellow Weekenders, so be sure to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and or Discord to share all your Taylor thoughts. Good for a Weekend is available wherever you get your podcasts. I know. Folklore just is that like it's a perfect album when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at spark parade on all social media thanks ever so much for joining me my guest today is real estate frontman martin courtney who spoke to me about his spark beloved nickelodeon kids show the adventures of pete and pete listen i had never heard of this show before because i'm older than time and i was far too grown up for it by the time it aired or so i thought it is actually a really good show and I was very pleasantly surprised by it. And Martin was such a good hang. His enthusiasm for Pete and Pete is infectious, and we had a really lovely time together. You want me to prove it? Well, here I go. Quick Martin facts. Martin Courtney is a singer, songwriter, musician, and is the frontman of the band Real Estate. Real Estate helped usher in a warm, hazy style of indie rock that came into prominence in the late 2000s and continued to play a similar sound, though with a more mature outlook. The band's breezy melodies, jangly guitars, relaxed vocals, and generally laid-back approach to songcraft hid musical complexities on standout albums like 2014's Atlas. As the years went on, their original lineup splintered and new songs explored getting older, parenthood, and a new wealth of topics, still delivered in the band's reserved, mellow style on albums released in the 2020s like The Main Thing. Their brand new album, Daniel, will be released on February 23rd, and for the calendar fans out there, that's this coming Friday. Quick Pete and Pete facts. The Adventures of Pete and Pete is an American sitcom created by Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi for Nickelodeon. It focuses on two brothers, both named Pete Wrigley, and their humorous and surreal adventures in suburbia among their equally eccentric friends, enemies, and neighbors. The Adventures of Pete and Pete began on Nickelodeon in 1989 as minute-long and 30-second shorts that aired as interstitials. Because of the popularity of the shorts, five half-hour specials were made, followed by a regular half-hour series that ran for three seasons from 1993 to 1996. Jason and Kenny of All Music called the series the greatest children's show ever, while IGN called it the most well-written kids' show in history. And there you have it. Let's skip ahead to the main attraction, shall we? Here comes my chat with Martin Courtney about the adventures of Pete and Pete. Q. 
can you remember being introduced to the adventures of Pete and Pete, hearing about it for the first time, any of that stuff? I mean, I'm assuming this is going way back. So to, to the best of your, your uh, memory. No, I can't. Cause I was probably, you know, the show was airing when I was seven, eight years old. It was like in the early nineties. So you know, I was a kid. So it was just through television osmosis. You know, I was probably watching uh, Rugrats and stuff. And then that would come on afterwards. And they also had, I remember like, I don't remember this, but only from revisiting it, did it remind me that like, I think when they introduced the concept of that show, it was like, it wasn't an actual show yet. It was like these little interstitial three minute shorts that they'd throw in between other shows, you know? Right. So I probably saw those. And it probably just beat it off my brain. I probably didn't even think about it. But yeah, I, I mean, I remember as a kid kind of very quickly, like being like, well, this is weird. And like, yeah, really, really digging it. But it is funny how I don't I don't really remember. Uh, I mean, I don't know. When's, do you remember like the first time you saw The Simpsons or, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't really, it's hard to really remember that unless somebody specifically introduced it to you, which was not the case for me. Right, right. And then I guess uh, kind of the next phase of your relationship with it, like, can you point to a time like did you come back to it and revisit it um when you were older as a teenager or as an adult um yeah well so yeah so i really really identified with it as a kid and then i always kind of had like fond feelings towards it and then um but yeah i guess at some point they stopped airing it and then you kind of move on in your life and you know don't you're not i'm always thinking about it you know beyond uh grammar school or whatever mm. probably but then i in high school I kind of, it's funny, I like went through this phase where I, well, the two things specifically I kind of remember like kind of revisiting were like, I was really, really into the Blue Album by Weezer when it came out when I was in like third grade, like I was, me and my my best friend were like obsessed with that album. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then in high school, some cool older kids were like, somebody was like listening to Pinkerton. And I was like, I didn't even realize that Weezer had a second album. At that point, they had not put out a third album. And uh, and I was like, ooh, they have a second album. And it's like cool and weird. And then it like, so that, so that was like the first thing where I was like revisiting this thing from, you know, not even that much earlier, but, but like from when I was a kid. And now I'm like 15 and I'm old and stuff. So then Pete and Pete was similar where I don't really remember how it came back into my consciousness, but it was it, it was the, the soundtrack all of a sudden became like, I was like, oh, yeah, that theme song for that show was really cool and I really liked the music from that show but I never I never really like thought much about it as a kid and I realized oh it's like a band this band Polaris Mark Mulcahy who he had like a you know, storied career in another band called Miracle Legion and they put this other band together for to make the soundtrack for this show and it's like a perfect album like it's like the whole album is is really 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 good I mean maybe I like a lot of Miracle Legion stuff a lot but I actually think it's my favorite thing that he did that, you know, that album is just like so solid and consistent. Uh, but also probably due in no small part to like the memories that I have attached to that music. You know, it was very nostalgic, even like, you know, less than 10 years removed from the first time I saw it. Like, but it was just like brought all these feelings back. But um, beyond that, it's it is really just really good music. So then I had that second kind of but I don't even think at that point, like I, YouTube didn't exist. I didn't have the VHSs or DVDs of the show. So I don't even know if at that point I revisited the show at all. I just was like, got really into the music. And then I kind of, again, like I never really forgot about Pete and Pete. It was always something that every once in a while, somebody would bring it up and we'd be like, oh yeah, that was a great show. And then, you know, and then recently in the last few years, we started talking about, you know, once we started being in a band that made music videos, my friends and I, 
for a long time, we've talked about trying to make a Pete and Pete video. Like we were, you know, cause we kind of knew Danny Tamborelli, like he was like kind of around growing up in North Jersey. Like I was never buddies with him, but he was friend. He was like friends with people that I knew. And he was just this guy that was around and I, you'd, I met him a few times. And so it was like, Danny's accessible, you know? And then, so yeah, so we kind of always fantasized about doing this. And then finally this year, like pulled the trigger and actually asked him. Yeah. So that's kind of my legacy with that show. And then once, once uh, we decided to make the video or, you know, we realized we were going to get to make the video. I like really have been revisiting the show over the last few months with my kids. I was just like, I'm going to rewatch this. You guys aren't going to like this. It's, you know, some weird show from when I was a kid. And they became like, we were instantly hooked. I have like a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old and a five-year-old girls. And uh, the five-year-old, I don't think is, I mean, she's kind of just like, this is weird. But she still thinks it's funny. But the older, the two older kids are like, I mean, they, they were really obsessed. Like, to, like, it's really funny. Like, they that's all they wanted to watch. And like, we've probably seen like the whole series at this point. It's all on YouTube. Very grainy, shitty uploads on YouTube. But yeah, it's... It is. And it really does. I mean, having not seen it basically since I was a kid, I was like really impressed by how much. Yeah, it really holds up and it really like feels it's like very it's still really entertaining to me as an adult. Like it's not just like a silly kids show. It is a silly kids show, but it's it kind of treats kids with, you know, respect. And like it really feels like like the way it feels to be a kid when you're watching this show. It's like it really like looks at the world through the eyes of kids rather than like filming kids being weird. It's like, this is through their perspective. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. So that's, that's my journey with that show, I guess. Yeah. I, I think that idea of respect for kids, not patronizing anybody saying, you know, we're going to tell stories through the eyes of a kid in, you know, the way that an adult can put themselves in that position. You know, the creator said it was like, I don't think any of us had any experience with kids outside of having been one ourselves, but just trying to say, you know, I, I watched um, a, a bunch of episodes and the one about like um, arguing about bedtime and the mom is, you know, doing the standard negotiations with the kid where she's like, you have to go to bed. Why? Because I said so. But why? That's uh, because nine o'clock is your bedtime. Why? Back and forth. And then it's like showing her brain and all the tactics that she could choose. And the one that she chooses is reverse psychology. And she's like, fine. You want to stay up? Stay up. Call his bluff. Right. <laughs> and then it's like reverse bluff. Like right. It's like, yeah, the, the, the brain anatomy chart or whatever. It's so good. Yeah. And, and I just the perspective. I mean, it's like, obviously, the people, the creators of the show are, were just really cool people, you know, they were like hip, you know, and they had like cool, you know, Michael Stipe is on the show and, you know, and, you know, and, uh, Iggy Pop is like returning, return, recurring character and all, you know, so there's like cool, you know, David Johansson, uh, Johansson, Johansson, Johansson yeah, yeah. uh, you know, so there's that aspect of it too, where you're like, Ooh, this is cool. Like as an adult being like, Oh, this, this was like made by hipsters, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but then also, yeah, like this weird poetic, thing like it's so it's so like you know like i i remember like I, I think that was the thing as a kid that really kind of influenced me the most was like they're talking about like when summer comes and like uh electricity gets louder you know like you can hear the power lines like stuff like that was like so cool to me and like so deep you know like not deep but like it really just resonated with me and like just the feeling of summer also obviously growing up 
within a few miles of where they shot the show. You know, I, I feel like lots of people as kids my age connected with that show. Obviously, like it's not just a New Jersey based phenomenon, but like I do think that it it was extra resonant with me because it, it just I, I it looked like where I grew up they're always shooting it in the fall like which also I think contributed to the you know like why fall is now like my favorite season it's just like <laughs> it's so like it looks so warm and like the show you know I don't know some, something about the way they shot that show like I don't know kids running around at night like Halloween like all those things where it's just like it just it's like mythologizes childhood in this way where like when you're living it you know, watching it as a kid, it kind of, yeah, validates like, you're like, yeah, this, all this stuff is important, you know, like all this stuff, like these little silly games that I play with my friends as a kid are like, this is like epic stuff. It it like elevates all of it to like legendary proportions, you know, and like, I I was noticing like how almost every intro Big Pete is like, you know, he's like talking at the beginning of the show, like talking about whatever the conflict is going to be in that episode. And he's like, and by the end, like nothing would be the same ever again. Or like, it's always (laughs) like, you know, like summer would change forever. Like (laughs) every show like has these like super high stakes. uh, And yeah, and it's like Pete's, you know, little Pete, like it's just like this epic hero. So yeah, I think it's just, yeah, it really helps you as a kid to just feel like validated in like, you know, all your dumb things that you do with your friends. Right. And taking this like seed of an idea, it's like magical realism or something where you have like this grounded childhood concept that everyone is familiar with that feels very like relatable, something that's universal, and then exaggerating it and exaggerating it into this like kind of hyper realized world that feels so exciting. And it feels like, yeah, like then the inside of a kid's brain, like that's how those things feel when you are that age. Totally. Like you can still, you know, even at the age, you know, because I'm, I'm like, I think I'm like two years younger than little Pete. So I simultaneously related to him and also kind of thought he was cool and looked up to him. You know, like I, as a kid, I was like, oh, he's like a cool guy. Like, you know, he's in fifth grade and I'm in third grade or whatever. Like, but yeah, even at that age, you're still like, you can, you're kind of starting to outgrow like make believe or whatever, you know, like, like that kind of when you're a little kid, like everything's pretend, but like, it's still there. And it's like, yeah, it kind of, again, it like, it helps you to like allow yourself to kind of play that way you know with your friends and being like we're gonna play you know like having these with my friends like in our neighborhood these big games of like manhunt you know we call it manhunt but it's like hide and seek in your in your neighbor's backyards (laughs) but it's like you know yeah the stakes are really high it's like this big you know like whatever it just it's fun to see that dramatized on tv and then also like stuff happens that couldn't happen in real life there you know there are these elements there's a weird there's like a in hindsight like creepy adult that hangs around with them and he's like they're superhero but he kind of has powers and you're, you know what i mean there's like these things that happen where you're like oh like yeah there, it is kind of this magical realism is a good term for it for sure this like augmented reality where like you're like is this just in the kids heads or like is this really happening you know and it is happening in the world of the show like yeah Time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here, but we'll be right back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. 
After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And another thing that kind of came to mind is the, uh, it makes me think of uh, a little bit of the improv concept of yes and where it's, you know, this idea when you're improvising, doing comedy improv, that you don't say no to other people, everything, every idea, when somebody introduces it becomes the new reality and you have to just build on that. And I know that this is not an improvised show, but that idea of just like weird things happening and it is just accepted. It's like every stage getting more and more ridiculous and kind of surreal and exaggerated and that at every stage, everyone goes along with it. And it's like the uh, accepted reality. There isn't any difference between what the kids see and what the parents see or what any other adults see. Like everyone is along for the ride, which I think lends itself to the, um, you know, treating kids with respect concept that it's like there isn't some delineation between like the silly stuff that kids think and the reality that grown-ups experience it's like everybody is in it yeah yeah well you know the adults are are part of a, a conspiracy mm-hmm. the international adult conspiracy right right <laughs> you know they're all in cahoots to to kind of yeah imp- impose arbitrary rules but yeah yeah it's it's true it's like yeah it's like all these crazy things that are happening it's like yeah and you know the the wriggly parents are like they, tr- they you know they they're they they try to enforce rules and stuff, but they're also so like whatever supportive or like or like uh, accepting of how weird their little son, the, the little Pete is, you know, and like they're like, yeah, the, it's it, yeah, it's it's just yeah, it's like the, the episode where they're trying to the other adults are like, we need to get rid of Artie. Like he's a he's like a bad influence <laughs> on on the kids or whatever. And uh, and the, the actor, there's like a guest appearance by this actor that he's plays like a he's like leading the charge to get rid of Artie. And he's in a bunch of movies and stuff. But I can't remember his name. But I was like, oh, that guy, like when I was rewatching it recently and he's really great. But he was like, uh, yeah, he's like telling Pete's dad, like, you're the one that can get through to Pete. Like, you're the one that can get through to him. Like, he, you know, like you, you got to tell him, like, you know, like to move on in his life or something. And he's like, I can't dude like he's like i couldn't do that to my boy like it'd break his heart you know like um anyway yeah and i remember that that's like yeah that's the one where in the the end already does leave and it's like i was i remember as a kid being like this is very sad this is like too sad and i'm like getting like choked up thinking about it now like it's still i watched it recently with my kids and i was like yeah this episode is very sad like you know when he finally he's like 
you're big you know like you don't need me anymore like you're growing up and i was like oh it's, this is like hits hard you know like and yeah i guess it's funny that that's i could see how that would resonate to me now as an adult being like oh yeah ki- you know kids have to grow up and they have to move on with their lives but as a kid kind of realizing that too you know as a kid watching that and having it affect me as a child it was all like i don't know it just speaks to like how that show kind of yeah like speaks to kids in a way that got through to me at least, you know. But then is also still great TV, like definitely appealed to adults even at the time. And it is a pretty universal experience for people who grew up with that show. That yeah. They're... I, I wonder actually, it, like, it, it must have appealed to adults because like, well, or maybe it's like they got Stipe and then like it became okay for like Belinda Carlisle and, uh, you know, all these <laughs> other like rock stars to be, to be like, y'all go on that show. Like, you know, cause it, uh, maybe it made a snowball effect, but I was also kind of wondering, cause I obviously don't have that perspective, like what Gen X people or like even older than that, or, um, like, you know, people that were older, maybe at the time, if they were even aware of the show, which they may not have been, cause it was just like a show on Nickelodeon for kids. Like if, yeah, if there was like an adult contingent of people that, appreciated that show like when it was airing i don't i actually still don't really know the answer to that question i mean the answer is emphatically yes i read uh an interview with janine garofalo talking about uh you know she she guested in an episode and she was saying like at the time it was a thing that people were talking about that show and saying this is actually a really good show and people you know should watch it and she knew a couple of people who were in the show who were like you know there's a real downtown new york kind of les um aesthetic to what they were doing that it felt like this this um you know a lot of people who were around in the 80s and early 90s in that area and people she knew who were doing kind of performance art stuff that she could see them bringing that stuff into the show plus the list of all of these like the musicians i mean i i don't want to make this into a big like list show but um we it was like you know debbie harry uh as you said michael stipe pa- uh, patty hurst it, like steve, yeah. Bush- steve buscemi ll cool j kate pearson from the b52s bb newworth who's lilith from fraser you know all of these people coming into it and the more people agreed to do it i think you know iggy pop and luscious jackson that kind of stuff was a big thing for people going like fuck all of these people are really into it yeah luscious jackson like performing at the school dance or whatever <laughs> yeah totally and not performing kids songs performing their songs on this show um yeah yeah so all of that stuff contributed to it. But another, I think, key part of it, it was at a time when Nickelodeon was really trying to be like the anti-Disney and saying we want to have not like edgy stuff for kids, but stuff that is um, sets them apart. So they really were a bit more hands off with um, allowing the people who created the show to just do what they wanted to do. And also what you were saying about, you know, the the New Jersey setting, a lot of kids shows, especially now on Nickelodeon, feel very L.A., that it's like, uh, you know, a set. Um, there's canned laughter. It's multicam instead of single camera. Yeah. Yeah. And this was a very East Coast aesthetic to the to the whole thing and felt a bit more grounded in reality in terms of like the settings and stuff, even though it was all very heightened and kind of saturated colors and and whatever. It's true. I mean, that was the other thing, like, because my wife and I were watching it being like, this is so this is like a really good show. And and then and it kind of, you know, it was really one of the only kids uh, aimed like sitcoms. I guess you could call it a sitcom. I don't, I don't even, yeah, I guess that's, I don't know, whatever, like that I watched. And then I feel like pretty soon after I kind of aged out of that, there was like all these shows like that are kind of what you're describing, like, like these fake looking sets, like 
maybe there's some like Drake and Josh. Is that a show? Like, mm-hmm. that, I don't know. Like shows like that, that I, I never watched that were like for, you know, maybe I, whatever. Anyway, like, but I just remember, I, I mean, recently rewatching it and talking to my wife and just being like, why is, why, like, why right after this did it seem like all kids stuff just got so bad? I mean, there was like still like maybe some of the cartoons were cool and stuff and, and were good, but uh, yeah, it just seemed like there's, yeah, there are very few things that, 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 yeah, like feel like they shot on location and look, me that maybe that is part of what makes it good like but yeah i don't know i i also wonder i feel like the creators of pete and pete went on to make a couple shows like that but maybe they were good i don't know i didn't watch them um because i was you know like not in the demographic um but yeah i yeah it's it's definitely i I actually making this video and realizing how much it costs to do things like (laughs) you know putting up i mean i didn't put the budget together but seeing the budget and seeing how much it costs to make you know a four minute thing that's made in the style of pete and pete i was like damn they really threw a lot of money at this show like they must have maybe in relatively it wasn't that much but it's like they could have done it cheaper, you know, probably on a on a soundstage or whatever. And, and it wouldn't have looked as good and it wouldn't have been as magical. They wouldn't have been at like a real pool in some real town shooting in a real school right. and like in real neighborhoods. And um, like they were talking about the King of the Road episode because we were I mean, the initial concept was like road trip for our video. And we were drawing a lot from the King of the Road episode. But we were we were like, yeah, like, yeah. And then we go on the highway or whatever. And it's like, well, that's going to cost a lot. <laughs> you can't like <laughs> shut down a highway. And like we... They they just lucked out because I think when they shot that episode, they were building this whole stretch of I think 287 in North Jersey or it, two, maybe it was 208. One of the one of the highways they were like it was under construction, so like they just had access to this like five or ten mile stretch that they just did a loop that it was already closed. They were just like it was just this weird perfect situation that like we would never have been able to repeat but yeah so stuff like that just being like I guess that's just to say like what you're talking about like they made an effort to 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 make it feel yeah to make it look good and not have it be yeah, like a an LA uh soundstage sitcom right and you know the uh after the third season they speculate and i think there's evidence of this as well that one of the reasons it didn't get renewed is because there was a real conscious shift at nickelodeon at that point to say leaner tighter cheesier more traditional we need to be a success and it needs to be you know we can't keep saying we are like the you know alternative version of kids programming if we want to make money and that became you know there was a shift in the leadership at the channel and and all that stuff um so that probably had something to do with it also i read that i think the third season has never been released on dvd still and it was partially because the music that was used in that season since it aired all of the rights, you know, the labels have dissolved and rights have been yeah. scattered to the wind and whatever. So, well, that's also, I think, why you can't stream the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of shows like that, that was, I mean, I think directly from the mouth of the creator, like he was, or from Will McRobb was saying, like, yeah, it's just, it's just too hard to clear all this music now, like to, to, to put it on streaming. But yeah, I mean, that's all fascinating. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I love that you have this like backstory stuff. I didn't know about any of that. But yeah, it's, it's uh yeah I well there's some other sh- I think it's like Seventh Heaven they talk about like a, some show where like they re-release they put it up on Netflix but like all the music is different like they had to like retroactively change the theme song or you know like all this all the music because yeah whatever like contracts got signed maybe ended right. <laughs> or whatever the terms reverted and and uh, yeah so yeah it makes it tough it's too bad 
Yeah. Or contracts that were drawn up before streaming existed. So it's like a whole new thing and they probably have to renegotiate or whatever. I mean, this is all speculation. Yeah, it's just not worth it, yeah. I guess, to, uh, but you know, it's on YouTube. I wish somebody would, some of these episodes are almost impossible to watch because the, there, there's there varying quality in the uploads, but, but yeah, they are like all compiled. You can watch all the seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. You know, I, I, as someone who like, I, I didn't watch it when I was growing up, um, I, for this show, have had people bring me kids stuff before that is, uh, you know, in the same lane where it's stuff that feels, you know, like quality television. It's not about, you know, uh, just about nostalgia and saying this is something I watched when I was a kid and now I can come back to it. And the nostalgia is the thing. It's like, no, it actually is a really great show. Um, and another thing, there was a, a panel with the creators and with um, Pete and Pete talking about the elements that they thought kind of made the show what it is. And they said the four things they think were the ingredients that made the show as special as it was, uh, were that it was funny, sad, strange, and beautiful. And that all of those things combined made this were like this perfect storm to make this thing uh, what it was, and that that's perfect to me. That it's it's great. Yeah, that is. I'm trying. No, I just want to because I I like I wrote something on Instagram and I described it as uh, funny, weird, sensitive, and warm. So mm, it's like yeah. yeah, and without having seen that, I mean, or what you're describing or re- referencing, pretty much pretty much getting at the same thing. Yeah, like I I definitely picked up on all that for sure. Yeah, that's that's so cool. It is a uh, yeah, it's it holds. That's the thing that was really nice about because I wasn't sure if it was just nostalgia that I had for it. And then kind of revisiting it, I was like, no, this show's really good. It's like quality. Like I had good taste as a kid because, <laughs> <I guess, laughs> you know, or they I, I was lucky to have been, you know, as a as a kid that probably watched too much TV. At least it was quality television. <laughs> Some of it was at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that is a fantastic uh note on which to leave it um this has been so great i love when people bring me stuff that just you know stuff i i hadn't experienced before that makes me happy and this qualifies that's awesome so, yeah that's cool so you, were you not aware of the show at all or you or just no, oh no. wow that's yeah i was where'd you grow up uh in minnesota in in the twin cities okay. um and, and how old are you I'm 45, so I'm a little too old for the show, I think. Okay. And also, I didn't have Nickelodeon when I was growing up. We had like the four major networks. That was it. So you don't you look you look younger. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> a little compliment yes. to you. Yeah. You don't you don't look 45. <laughs> I figured we were the same age. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been really really great. This is a, a fun way to spend a. a Friday. Yeah, it was awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks. Take care. Wasn't that fun? Thanks again to Martin for chatting with me. The brand spanking new real estate album, Daniel, will be released this Friday, February 23rd. And you should listen to it at the strike of midnight on Friday. Okay. Great. Uh, quick spark of the week from me. I watched Dumb Money, which is the GameStop stock story. Now, first of all, two problems. Number one, this is based on a news story that is too recent. Everybody remembers exactly what happened. Give it a fucking minute, guys. Also, that title is trash. Dumb Money is a phrase that's relevant to the story, blah, blah, blah. But Jesus fucking Christ, it's a bad title for a movie. Okay, with that out of the way, it's kind of good. It's got a great cast. 
Paul Dano and Shailene Woodley and Seth Rogen and Nick Offerman and lots of other people. And the story is told really well, and it's a light bit of nothing. And if you need that in your life, then, you know, it's there. So check that out if you want something that's not too challenging. Uh, It's on Netflix. And that's about it. Please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. Please rate the show five stars and leave me the cutest, sweetest review of all time wherever you can. And until next time, bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.